Do you think I ever brought anything else to the bedroom to try? Absolutely not, I didn't. Because it was such an uncomfortable situation for me to suddenly be scolded. And I was made to feel like I was a bad person and that I had done something wrong. That stuck. And I never tried anything new again. Hello, welcome back to Pretty in Kink. I am always excited to know that you're coming back for more. So I love you guys. It has been amazing to see all the downloads I've been getting and just the support. So I love you so much. Even if you refuse to leave a five-star review. Anyways, I don't want to guilt trip you too much. <laughs> Anywho, we are here today to pay homage to the name of this podcast, Pretty in Kink. We're talking about kinks and we are talking about introducing kinks to a partner and how tricky that can be sometimes. Um, I kind of came into this episode through a listener question. Somebody had emailed me regarding his relationship with his girlfriend and her intense interest in his belly button. And before we go deeper into this episode, I want to address that email specifically and just say that one of the top things I saw in this email was almost an obsessive question of if that was a kink. And I think it is so important to remove the focus from that and just focus on if it's something you want to do, if it's something your partner enjoys, focus on why and how you can make the experience fun for each other. But who actually cares if it's really a kink? Like what matters is that it's fun and you guys enjoy yourselves. So try to remove yourself from trying so hard to label something and move past that into just figuring out how to explore it. It's just what matters is your partner's interested, right? It being a kink or not changes nothing. And then there were a thousand questions on how to explore it. Listen, I'm not a pro. Not a pro at all, especially with belly button stuff. Like, I don't know anything about that, but here's something amazing. Google. <laughs> Google is amazing. So just Google it. It's amazing the things that you'll find. I did a very fast Google on belly button kinks, and it was interesting how many people say, like, there's nerves, I guess, that you can kind of feel through your belly button that can give you sexual pleasure. Apparently, Madonna has quite an affinity for it. So it's a thing. It's something certainly you can explore. And Google had lots to share on that. So check that out. Um, and then as far as this episode in general, I just think it's really important to discuss how to introduce things to your partner because it can be scary. I know it can. And it doesn't have to be. And it's really fun to get to explore sexuality and so just i just want to encourage people to explore and have more fun because i know we can kind of get caught up in routine and things can turn vanilla so let's spice it up um and we should probably begin before we go anywhere with what is a kink because it gets confused a lot with 
fetishes. And there is a difference. Um, if you look at the definition of kink, it's simply a unconventional sexual taste or behavior. That's all. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't make something weird. It's just simply saying it's unconventional. And quite honestly, who gets to say what's unconventional and what's conventional, right? Like, again, who actually gives a fuck about the label, you know? Um, And then as far as defining kink versus fetish, the easiest way I can explain this is a kink is a, it's a desire. It's something that you enjoy sexually, um, but you don't necessarily need it. It's not something you have to have in order to get sexual pleasure versus a fetish is something that is required to give you sexual pleasure. It's something that really you kind of need it. So whatever it is, it's just a matter of, is it something I need or something I want? Um, You know, for me personally, many people that have been following me for quite some time are very familiar with my kinks. And my top kink is spit. And basically for me, it is, it's my number one for sure. Um, It's not something that I require require. However, I do require it long term, meaning I can have sexual encounters with people that don't do it and I'm still satisfied. If I were to be in a long term relationship with somebody that wasn't into it, I don't honestly think that I could maintain that relationship because it is that important to me. So while I don't need it to get off, it takes me to where I want to be. And I do think truly, I, I just don't think I could sacrifice that. Um, I, I would need a partner that was truly into that. And I'll discuss further um, a little bit later on as far as how I discuss it with partners because you know, introducing things to people, nothing is cut and dry, right? Like there's no right or wrong. There's no rule book. So take the pressure off of yourself and, and just figure out what you want and how to present it. And I'm going to shock you with the advice I'm going to give you. It's, it's going to be mind blowing, something you have never heard before. Are you ready? are you ready? Communication, (laughs) communication, 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 communication. I know, gasp, you've got to communicate. And it's so important that you feel safe with communicating with your person, whether this is a one-nighter or a long-term partner, you have to feel safe and comfortable If you're in a long-term relationship and you don't feel comfortable to go to your partner and say, hey, there's this new thing I want to try, if that gives you so much pause, it it causes anxiety and you're like, "I I don't think I could ever bring this to them, I think maybe you need to step back and look at the bigger picture because we should never be in a relationship where we don't feel like we can talk about anything. Truly, if you are in a long-term relationship, I understand there's boundaries, but when it comes to discussing things like this, you really need to be comfortable with that, both of you. So 
just look at that in your relationship if you don't feel safe communicating. Um, Because of the way that I have dated for such a long period of time, i.e. super casual, it's given me the opportunity to have these conversations over and over again. And so... (laughs) It's, it's practice makes perfect. And I change my approach with every partner. Um, it, it just depends on how I'm going to bring it up. But I am lucky that I have had an opportunity to have so many experiences because, again, it has allowed me to get more and more comfortable. I also know that for a lot of people you're not there. You're you're not in a place that you might feel super comfy with talking about sexuality. And I think I should stress when I was talking about feeling safe with your partner, there is a difference between feeling uncomfortable talking about a topic versus uncomfortable presenting it to your partner and, and feeling like you can't talk to them about it two very different things and it's okay to be uncomfortable you know I think so many of us have been brought up in an age where nobody really talks about stuff like this like it's it's strange how sexual this world is and yet not so I understand it can be uncomfortable if you haven't had a lot of opportunities you know I can appreciate my my experiences are not necessarily similar to yours so know that it might be uncomfortable but at the end of the day don't you want to play don't you want to have fun so you have to have the conversations so you can play and have fun in the bedroom um the main thing when introducing it is you know just be gentle be casual um i think it's going to be different depending on if it's a casual relationship or something more long term with partners you've been with longer, you do have this kind of added thing of depending on your situation, you know, maybe things have gotten kind of stagnant and maybe things have gotten kind of vanilla. And so the idea of bringing something new into the bedroom might be intimidating just in that you're worried Like, what are they going to think? Because we've been together so long and I've never expressed an interest in this. So, you know, just, just bring it to them and be gentle. And I think it's important that you make sure that your partner understands, like, listen, this, this isn't saying that you are doing something wrong, um, or that you're, you're lacking in some way. It's just, I saw this thing or I heard about this thing, you know, and I think I want to try it are you down? You know, I just want to spice things up. But always remember, who hasn't everything in life? Ah, those fucking egos, man, right? Like we all have them. And when it comes to sex, so many of us, our egos are so sensitive. And I think especially for men, their egos tend to get attached to their sexuality. So it can be a a little bit of a dance trying to figure out how to approach something like this in a way that isn't going to be, I don't know, where they they feel like they're not doing something, right? Um, And same with receiving the information. It is also important to be gentle with the reception. You want to be open and It's very important that you don't make your partner feel shameful for what 
whatever it is that they are requesting or bringing up. Don't have this knee-jerk reaction of like, ew, I would never want to try that. What is wrong with you? Or, you know, taking it personally where you're suddenly like, why would you even want to do that? What am I not good enough? Gentleness on both sides of the table, I think are important. Um, It's funny for, for me, (laughs) I had a relationship that was insanely toxic. Okay. So it was so toxic, but I have always been one that has wanted to improve their technique. It's just, it's something I, I, I get off on getting my partner off. So I'm always wanting to improve my technique. And as I've discussed in previous episodes, I love a good blowjob and I always want to get better at them. And so I had seen a technique somewhere, I don't know, somewhere online, I read something or it doesn't even matter. And I was like, oh, ooh, I haven't tried that. I can't wait to try that. And I did. And he stopped me and he said, where did you learn that? And I pulled back and I was so proud of myself. And I was like, oh my God, I saw it like online. Did it feel good? Was it good? And all he said is, where the fuck did you learn that? Why the fuck did you just do that? And there I was sitting there thinking I was so excited to try this thing to please my partner more. And instead, it triggered his ego, his very unhealthy ego, and triggered jealousy issues and all of these fucking bizarre just... As I said, it was very toxic. But my point being, even though that was a toxic situation, there there are people that even that are healthy minded that could take things where they're like, wait, why are you asking? What is going on? Are you hiding something from me? So it's just very important to just be gentle on all sides and just remember that our words and our reactions really do have very long-term effects just like in anything in life they can stick around for a long time you could say just a couple little things that you forget and you never think of again but the person you said it to carries it with them for the rest of their life so be mindful of each other and how you present things and just do what you can to try and protect each other and not create insecurities you know with that situation with me do you think i ever brought anything else to the bedroom to try absolutely not i didn't because it was such an uncomfortable situation for me to suddenly be scolded for something that I was like I'm gonna be rewarded for this like high five Tara like go you and I was scolded and I was made to feel like I was a bad person and that I had done something wrong and suddenly I'm having to explain myself that stuck and I never tried anything new again and so it's just it's important to be mindful of each other when you are bringing this out and talking about it It's also okay as the one receiving the information to take the information and take pause. Some things you might need a minute to process and that is okay. And if you are bringing this to a partner and they say, I need a minute, 
it's okay. Let them take a minute. Sometimes things are just harder for a person to like envision for a minute, you know, especially sexually, and they might just need a second. So it's okay if they don't know immediately if it is something that they want to try. Absolutely fine. You know, for me personally, the way I introduce is almost always different. Um, Again, spit is my number one kink. I have a couple that are fairly important to me. However, they're very partner specific. And so it is something that the partner almost has to meet certain criteria in my head before I will even present it to them. Because if it's not executed properly, I'm going to either be disappointed or I could actually be physically hurt accidentally. So there are some kinks that I never bring up. Some I bring up later on down the road when my trust has been built. And spit is not one of those. (laughs) That comes up quick. And again, it'll depend. There are first dates, the conversation will turn kind of spicy and something might come up and then I will, you know, start, start dropping ideas about it. Um, there are times where I actually had a first date with somebody and we hadn't talked about anything sexual. And at the end of our date, we had a kiss and whoo. You want to talk about a kiss that drops you? That sucker is going to go in my memory bank forever. And after the kiss, he apologized and he was like, I'm really sorry. Um, I don't know if you're okay with like the amount of saliva. And you know your girl melted to her fucking knees there. I, I was done. And I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, um, so funny story actually that's a huge kink for me like spit play is everything and you could just see the look on his face and it was just like fireworks because we both realized in that moment that we shared this kink um and so I took that opportunity to present it and then honestly quite often I am an annoying chatterbox after sex shocking right me talkative what? I'm a chatterbox. And so I love the like post glow conversation where you're like basking in the joy of whatever experience you just had. And, you know, we'll start talking about the experience, which I personally love to do. And if you don't do that, I highly recommend it. It's awesome because you can realize so much more about your partner, whether casual or long-term, where you're like, oh, fuck yeah, let's try that next time. Or like, hey, I really liked this. Do you think we could take it a step further? And so once I've had an experience with a person, I can start to gauge kind of their sexual personality, if you want to call it that. Um, You know, and it obviously takes time. Some people take longer sexually to open up with a partner, but I can usually get a pretty good idea. And so if I get the vibe that, you know, they're into experimenting and things just weren't super vanilla, I guess. I will start to bring up like, hey, there's this thing that I really like. Um, What do you think about that? Do you, have you ever done it? And would you? So there are so many different ways to bring it up to somebody. And then what do you do once you've brought it up? Now what? 
research. I know that sounds annoying. Like, let's do sexual homework, but we're going to do sexual homework. Like I said, Google is amazing. Just research. Um, Especially if I could put a neon sign within a podcast, (laughs) it would be this. Research, especially if it's any kind of pain play or choking. Research the fuck out of that because that can go wrong accidentally very quickly if you don't know what you're doing um as well as you could take it too far with a partner without realizing it so just do some googling and make sure you understand the parameters of what you are doing again it's not that there's any rule book or right or wrong way until you get to things like choking And then there is most certainly a right and wrong way, which is one of the reasons I don't automatically ask for it from somebody. Um, I have to say it is shocking how many men will just put their hand on my neck and choke without consent, without any kind of hint beforehand that I might want it. And I can tell very quickly if they are experienced in it or not, and I will pull their fingers away. And usually non-verbally, I'm able to communicate that I don't want that. And technically I do. (laughs) Like that is one of my kinks. However, that's one of those partner-specific ones. Because if you don't know what you're doing, just Google that shit, all right? And also just Google for ideas. Like I said, with the belly button thing, I Googled it and there were so many fun ideas. So you might realize there's this thing you want to do, but you're like, I don't really know how or like, what, what, what do we do? Google the fuck out of it. And then are you ready? Are you ready? Sit down. Communicate again. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Communicate again. This is something important for all sexual relationships is learning your partner's basic parameters. There are yeses, there are nos, and there are hard nos. I think it's most important to understand the line between no and a hard no. And really simply put, no is like, nah, I don't think I want to do that. But maybe check back in with me um, and I might change my mind. And a hard no is absolutely not. That is something I absolutely refuse to try. I have zero interest in it. And please don't ask me again because it's it's not something that's going to change. So understand that not just getting to know somebody sexually, but also presenting a kink because you have different things like impact play where... A no and a hard no will come in really importantly with like, how hard do you want to be hit? Um, I had a partner that I do like impact play to a certain degree, and I thought we were on the same page. And then he sent me a picture and it was a picture of somebody that was like bleeding. And I was like, oh, oh, no, no, uh, no. That's a, that's a hard no for me. Don't take it there. So there's, there is a lot of responsibility with stuff like this, but you still have to have fun. I think that's one of the most important things besides, you know, the safety factor is just have fun. Any of my partners, I think probably every single one, if you ask them, 
I can't take myself seriously and that includes the bedroom. <laughs> I can't. I can be sexy as fuck and I can also be an absolute dork in the bedroom and I have no problem laughing my head off. It makes things more fun and I find even in sexy situations, if you're used to also having fun and not being so serious, it can make everything more comfortable. So if you have like a weird thing that happens during sex, you know, it gets messier than expected. If you have already this kind of air of enjoyment and fun, it's easier to take things in stride and not get embarrassed. So just remember it's fun. It should always be fun. And then check in with each other during, if you're playing and doing new things, like just check in like, hey, does that feel good? And it doesn't need to be a clinical check-in of like, hang on, let me get my notepad and I've got a couple questions to interview you with. <laughs> you can ask in a sexy way as well as you can, you can communicate in a sexy way of like, fuck yeah, that feels good. So, you know, make sure you check in with your partner. And then at the end, aftercare is so important. And I think we will actually have, I think, a whole episode on aftercare because it's really important and it's it's funny. I have only recently realized how important it is for me. Um, but just do some aftercare, spend time with each other, and when you're both comfortable, review the session. Again, that sounds so clinical. I don't mean it clinically, unless that's your thing and you want to play, you know, a clinician. <laughs> but just review like how was that for you did you have fun like do you want to do it again what did you like what did you not and go from there and just remember this is another neon sign can you see it you might have to shield your eyes because it's so bright this is important you don't have to do anything that you do not want to do as the partner that is receiving the information that your partner wants to try something new, you are the deciding factor. You get to decide what you're willing to do. That's up to you, not your partner. And always remember that. And the other important thing is the one receiving. Never shame your partner. Never. I don't care if they ask for the most absurd thing. So long as it is legal and it is safe, don't make them feel bad. I don't care if you feel disgust in your brain. Try and hide that because the fact that they felt safe to even come to you, hold on to that. That's an honor. It, it truly is as cheesy as that sounds. Like be honored that your partner felt safe enough to bring it to you and just don't shame them. There is a way to decline without it ever having to be about them. This is like a true, like, it's not you, it's me kind of a thing. And as the one requesting, A, don't you ever pressure your partner to do something that they don't want to do. It is okay if maybe they say like, I don't think that's something I'm into and want to try. Maybe ask them okay, would you at least be willing maybe to research it a little? And maybe we touch base on that again later. Like, would you be okay if I presented this again once you've had a little bit of time? But do not pressure them. It's also very important for you to understand for yourself what 
are absolute musts for you and what you can live without. You have to decide on that. I want to say don't compromise, but like everything is a compromise. But you also have to be happy, right? So you have to figure out if there's something that you really enjoy and that you want and your partner is absolutely not willing to do it. You have to make a decision of, okay, this is something that I can live without or like I don't actually think that I could go without this long term and figure that out and what that means. Um, And I know that sounds kind of dramatic, but I mean, there's certain things that really satisfy us that, I don't know, like I said with my spit kink, it might sound so absurd to some people. I truly am not sure that I could have a long-term sexual relationship with somebody you know, and maybe I'm going to turn around and eat my words in a year and say, you know, I met the most amazing person ever and they check every box except that and I'm okay with that. But the way my brain sits right now, I really don't see that. I would need some form of spit play and it's so important for me that my partner enjoy it. I don't want them to compromise for me. I don't want them to do something that they don't want to do. Even if they are willing and they say, you know what, I'm going to do this because my partner likes it, but I don't. I don't care if they're like the most amazing partner I have ever had with any kind of spit play. If I knew that they actually had zero interest in it and they took zero pleasure from it, I wouldn't want that. Uh, That's a turnoff for me. Like my biggest turn on is like knowing that my partner's fucking enjoying themselves. So I would never want them to do something for me that they don't actually want to do. It's it's just so important for me. So yeah, I mean, we, we have to decide what we're okay with and what we're not and then go from there. Um, so yeah, I've made this like a stupidly long episode. I'm sorry. Let's wrap it up. Ready? Communication. Safety. Safety is actually number one. And then communication. Let's focus less on labeling something a kink and just more on having a great fucking time. That's it. That's all you have to do is have fucking fun. I don't give a shit if it's a kink. I don't give a shit if my person is the only person on the entire planet that has ever thought of this one activity. I don't fucking care. Let's try it and have fun. That's all that matters is that I have fun in sex and that my partner has fun. So stop labeling things, all right? And just go play. Play, have fun, play Naked Twister. I, I don't know, do whatever you want. Have a blast. And that's it. That's all I got for you. So I hope you enjoyed. As always, 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 always remember that I have got that link where you can reach out to me anonymously with questions or worries or if you just want to vent, whatever it is. Maybe you just want to tell me how amazing I am. (laughs) It's a praise kink. That's what that is. It's a a praise kink. Go feed it. Also, go feed it with five-star reviews. (laughs) Love you. Go get weird. All right. Love you. And I will see you next week. Hello. Hello. That was such a loud hello. 
fuck is wrong with me? This might be a no-go. Thank you for coming back for another episode of an episode of what? Like, who am I? What am I? Do I have a name? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm such a mess. Also important for you to understand. (laughs) Why am I single? It's shocking. I also think it's very important for you, as I'm saying this, like I'm smiling because I just burped twice. I get it. Like this is not the tone. 